This is the Odd Father podcast with Chris Matthews and Pete Court. Hello again, Pastor Chris Matthews, the man who loves God and, in fact, um, works with him and for him and because of him, but also finds this guy kind of baffling. He's a tough boss, isn't he? Well, you've really <laughs> put me in it then. Dr. Well, Pete Court. It's, it's what God was telling me. He said, oh, I don't know about No, 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 seriously. Um, but as a pastor in a church, you, you, you're supposed to know everything, right? You, you know all of this stuff, and, and I can come to you with any question and throw it at you, and you'll have the answer, right? Correct. It won't necessarily be the right answer, but yes, I've learnt that I need to have the answer. Is it tough being a pastor and people coming to you and saying, hey, what? this is the truth, you know? Do you find that a lot? Um, yes. Yeah. When people come up with preconceived ideas and expect me to agree with it without <laughs> conversation, okay. uh, yes, it is very difficult. Right. Um, I have to be very... Uh, Patient. Humble. Diplomatic. Diplomatic, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Especially so, as I'm not good at thinking on my feet. As it were, I like to sit down and think. More importantly, one of the things one of the things I, I love about sitting in in the in the pews while you're preaching and and sitting here chatting with you is that you don't know it all. You are not a know everything person, and you are still r- wrestling and struggling. Not I was going to say struggling, but I guess sort of it kind of is, but it's a good struggle. Well, this is an expose. It's oh. it's a good struggle. You don't know everything. No. What are you questioning a moment? Because there's there's one thing that's been nagging at you. There is, and because I've been getting fairly deeply into the word, and I've been exposed to a lot of teaching which talks mm. about the construction of the Bible. And one mm. of the the fascinating things about the Bible is not only is it a series of scrolls that's been written over centuries and millennia mm. and hangs together supernaturally well, but it's full of symbolism. Yeah, and. I, I, I love sim- – it's great – symbolism is great preaching fodder. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but it's always difficult for me at least uh, as, I, as I study the Bible to separate symbolism from what, what you might call reality. Uh, what is written to inform <gasps> us of a symbolic happening and okay. what is written okay. to uh, tell us about specific events. Okay, this is interesting. This has just struck me why why this strikes me as so fascinating because you're a scientist. You came to science and you spent a long time pulling cells apart and finding out how they work and doing all the pipettes and gas and fizzy and all that sort of stuff. What would you, how would you describe it? <laughs> is that good? Yeah. It was a fair okay, bit of that so stuff, yes. You're a scientist. You've come at it with from the pure physics science understanding A plus B equals C. I come at this world and, and, and my faith and everything as a creative writer, as a novelist. You're having trouble with the symbolism. I live in a world of symbolism. What, what is the problem for you? And is it because you're a scientist that the symbolism, you're saying what's it, the symbol and what's reality? Um, I guess, well, one of the things I've thought about this, this a bit is that as, and uh, I'd hesitate, you know, in, in deference to all the scientists out there, I'd hesitate <laughs> to call myself a scientist. Mm. I was once someone who worked in the field of science. But you have a scientific and way of thinking. That has taught me, yeah, a, okay. a, 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 and this is the important thing, a very linear way of thinking. Okay, um, okay. Because yep. I think you mentioned A plus B equals C. Yeah. Um, the, the whole idea in, in a scientific experiment for instance, is to bring certain components together to achieve mm. an answer. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And as I think I've mentioned before, the, 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 the way that science is done properly is when you bring factors together and don't expect anything interesting to happen. Mm. Uh, because once you start expecting an answer or wanting an answer, you, mm. you skew the results. <coughs> it's yep. not a true experiment. So, so, so this is the null hypothesis. The null hypothesis. Right, okay. Um, yep. And so uh, symbolism in, in the Bible is actually to do exactly the opposite to that. It's actually mm. to lead you to understand things um, that maybe have been, uh, have been written centuries apart, but they have a common thread in them which lets you know that there is a path of thought, a, a, mm. a direction of travel, if you like, mm. that is important for you to grasp. All right. Nice, wishy-washy, well done. Give us an example. What, what would be one of, the, one of the symbols, if you like, in the Bible that, that, that you would that you're sort of going, is that what is it? Is it real? Is it not? Is it is it just an emblem? What? Right. I, okay. Uh, as anybody who's been listening to the the Bible Project podcasts lately, they mm-hmm. this talk about the dragon in the okay. Bible. Yep. Yep. Um, which you know, it immediately piques your interest because you <laughs> sort of think dragons are mythical beasts, and yeah. there's not not one in the Bible, although there is a, a an, an apocryphal book called Bell and the Dragon. Mm. Um, and, of course, it's mentioned in Revelation, which brings up all sorts of red flags because it's a red dragon for a start. Yeah. Um, and uh, you get all sorts of people coming out of the woodwork trying to tell us what that's about mm-hmm. as though it's a new thing. Mm-hmm. But there's this, there's this theme from, from Genesis, Genesis yeah. uh, all the way uh, through to Revelation where people in opposition to God mm. have been labelled as... Dragons. Now, not always using that no. particular word. There's, uh, I think, tanim is yep. the Hebrew word for it. It's basically but snakes. Snakes. Leviathan is another sea monster. The big fish. The big fish in Jonah's. Jonah. Jonah's yeah. big fish is seen as one of these dragon-type yeah. creatures. The, and the thing that's doing the evil or is yeah. at least bringing the chaos, I think is how they're yeah. describing it. Uh, and, and that's a symbol. Yeah. And I know sometimes the symbol was used, I mean, for instance, in Revelation, right. we know that John, he, he a lot of the stuff he wrote, he couched in the, 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 the terms that he used because mm. uh, if a Roman got hold of it and he'd spoken in, it out in plain English, it'd have been executed yeah. because it was or basically in plain Italian. Yes, <laughs> inflammatory. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, very derogatory towards the Roman uh, yes. overlordship yes. of the time. Mm. And so he couched their their um, repression mm. in uh, dragonish terms, if mm. you like, and. Mm. and other symbolism, um, and so there was, there was obviously a a, 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 um, a locally um, desired uh, subterfuge, if you like, for mm-hmm. some of this stuff. Right. But the, it goes through the whole okay whole Bible. So at the very beginning, Genesis snake turns up. That is a personif- or a, a visualization or representation. That's a symbol that is a dragon, a version. Yeah. And the language you can go – if you want to listen to the Bible Project podcast on it, it's, it's fascinating stuff. Um, and throughout the Bible, as we said, um, Goliath is another representation of the of the, the dragon mm. and the way he's presented with the snake skin and the, the singing and the, yeah. the bronze. Scales and on his armour. And, and all the way through there are these images of this dragon popping up as the evil blah, blah, blah. Do you have a problem? What, what's, what's your problem with that? What's your problem, Chris? What? Why is it? What? What does that not sit with you well? Um, 
Well, if we get past the fact that, and, and to people listening, I'd say that you need to cast aside all your ideas of dragons as in uh, Smaug. Harry Potter. Harry Potter yeah, 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 and, yeah. Uh, um, you know, any other, George and the Dragon, although that may tie in, I don't yeah, know, yeah, quite yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, the sort of dragons that we think of are not the dragons that are mentioned in the Bible. No. So let's let's not get carried away with the idea that... Although, if you're speaking about symbolism and mythology, the reason we have the dragons that Christopher Paolini, for example, writes about and, and Tolkien writes about, those dragons have come from the same basis of myth and they yes. have now been transformed over time. So anyway. Um, but I, I guess it's... What has happened is it's become a way of alerting the reader if you like, mm. to the the implications and the uh, the machinations, if you like, of the opposing characters we find in the Bible. Mm. It sort of lights them up. Mm. And you see Nebuchadnezzar um, and you sort of think, well, you know, he's a Persian king, is he a bad guy? And then you find these references to... His snakiness. Yeah. yeah. And you sort of think, okay, that fits so with he's, everything... he's on that side. ...we've seen. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah. uh, uh, as a... As a reader of the Bible, I think that that's a great mm. help for us all. Mm. As a scientist, I'm thinking, what came first, the chicken or the egg? So <laughs> the dragon or the dragon egg? Yeah. yeah. So was it the symbolism of the dragon that came first, or is the dragon is the symbol to just help us um, understand factual events? Okay. And okay. so this is yeah. this is my challenge: is to is to how to discern um, what I read in the Bible as yeah. a pure symbol wow yeah. or what is actually a symbol which represents something real because the bible is full of symbolism mm. it is full of symbols and some of those symbols are possibly real and and what i think when you were mentioning to me a little while ago was um the flood mm. was there actually a global flood and was the ark or is the ark the ark as the return to eden it is a little garden of eden floating on the water where god's taking care of everything else but he has protected this little spot is that telling of that story is the whole story a myth or was there actually a Noah's Ark and that is just a symbol um, but it's a symbol because God made this thing happen with this symbol in the middle of it or is it just a story and what we need to understand is the story not be looking for the wreck of the ark yeah uh, and and in some ways that's because we know for instance and this comes back to the fact that the Bible wasn't written in a vacuum. Mm. There are other flood um, creation um, narratives, sto- narratives yeah, yeah. Uh, out there. Yep. And you can either take that as, okay, somebody pinched one yeah. or they're all referring to the same thing which actually happened, mm. but they've all used what happened to tell a different story mm. or to emphasise a certain part of that story. Yeah. Um, and... I guess that's the thing that's really hard to, to work out and hard to okay, settle, okay. I guess. I like your mm. – I mean, the thing that um, I think and uh, other people have said this, the thing to, to decide and the mm. thing that I'm working on is is what you said is does it matter? <laughs> have, yeah, yeah. What is the purpose of having the symbolism there? Is it to yep. try and convey a, a truth in an abstract way? Mm. Or is it trying to tell you this is what happened, and this symbolism tells you what what God was doing, what was God was yeah. doing, and what yeah. the opposer was doing mm. uh, at that particular time? Mm. And I guess this is a tension. Yeah, um, 
But, uh, I mean, I don't think I'm the only one who's... No, I, I, I find it really, really challenging. I used to find it really, really challenging. I used to think that that was a problem. And then I've realised, I've come to realise... Okay, let me just, in the context of a writer, Little Red Riding Hood, true story? Um, not that I'm aware no. of. No, okay. What is it? It's a metaphor, it's a symbol, it's a myth that basically says, girls, don't go out into the forest alone, you'll end up getting raped, which was something that happened all the time at that time. And so to protect you from the woodsmen who are out there being, you know, manly and masculine and being basically a danger to women, um, that's what the story is about. Little Red Riding Hood says, don't go out in the forest, you're going to get raped. But you can't tell that to your granddaughter when you sit down Mm. with her and read the story of Little Red Riding Hood. It's a myth. It's a story that does a job that has to be done Um, and it does it through a story that will be remembered and you can then pick up that myth of Little Red Riding Hood and you can see it in other iterations throughout Western particularly writing that those stories turn up again and the wolf legend is very much in European history, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Okay, so that metaphor, that legend, that picture carries on because it has a purpose. The other really, really simple way of thinking about it that I love is the stop sign. Um, I was in Russia a while ago and there were all these signs that just little square signs that said TON, T-O-N. And I asked the guide, I said, what, what, what's that? Why is that on pretty much every road? She said, it means stop. Oh, okay, it's the Russian for stop. But it's on a little white square sign. Here in Adelaide we have the, the octagonal red thing that says stop across the middle of it. But the thing is there are also places where it doesn't even say stop. It just has the red sign, right? Yep. The red sign doesn't make you stop. It makes you decide to stop. It is a symbol that tells you to take an action. It doesn't actually do it. So this whole idea, for example, the flood in Noah, Noah's flood, did it happen? Did it not happen? It doesn't matter because now it's a sign that says this is how God works. And it tells us a thing. So I guess the, the question we're really asking is, what is wrong with all these symbols? Is there anything wrong? And does it matter if it's a symbol or if it's a true story in parentheses? Um, well, I guess this is historically hard to know. I mean, for instance, I know that uh, in uh, the book of Jonah, mm. Uh, there have been whole schisms in the church mm. uh, based on whether or not uh, Jonah was actually swallowed by the fish and spent three days in its belly. Yeah. As to if you believe that's a symbol, uh, a lot of people will say that you have therefore um, undermined the whole idea that God can perform miracles. Yeah, yeah. And that... For, for Jonah to have survived the three days in the belly of the, the fish... Was a miraculous. It would obviously have to be miraculous. And yep. if you don't believe it's a true story, you don't believe in miracles. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's where I think you know, a lot of historical argy-bargy has gone on because people have worried about, if you like, the mm. fact that symbolism somehow undermines the power of the Bible. Yeah. And I have to bring up that. That's actually a really cool one that had completely s- slipped my mind. But now that you mention it, the three days in the belly of the whale, just coincidentally, 
Jesus three days in the ground and comes back again, right? Yeah. Three days dead. Oh, is that a coincidence or is one pointing to the other? Yeah, and, and it's not the only time. And that more, is a very common that's symbol. A, yeah, the three, mm. the three days. Mm. The most amazing thing struck me when I hadn't realised this until last year, that the moon dies every three day, uh, for three days every month. Mm. There is no moon and then it gets resurrected. And it's like, well, that's not a symbol. But hang on, it's all in so many faiths and religions and in so many uh, cultural groups and indigenous cultures, the three days dead thing is so huge. So does that mean that was God imprinting that in the very nature of creation or is it pointing to this thing or is it all just a myth? I guess that's the difficulty with 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 these symbols mm. um, because they're often so far removed from our culture, mm. our way of thinking, our, our very understanding of language. Mm. Uh, th- these, and I don't think we understand the use of symbols as much these days because our symbols change so often. And it's not scientific and we live in a scientific era, don't we? Yeah, although you know, we're, we're approaching a time, I think, uh, where you know, people don't trust science anymore. No, no. Uh, which has really muddied the waters. Mm. Um, but but, but isn't, isn't, that, sorry, isn't that one of the things, the whole thing with um, trying to find the, the, the simple equation for everything is that maths particularly is, is unambiguous? But, of course, it's not. Mm. Um, but scientists and mathematicians would like us to believe it or would like to believe that they can find an unambiguous proof of. Yes. You know. So we're, um, trying to, we're trying to get the ambiguity out whilst the Bible is pouring it all in. Yes. Um, and I think, I mean, one way of looking at that is, of course, is that I don't think it matters how uh, hard that mathematicians try and get <laughs> the ambiguity out and nobody understands the equations. <laughs> Whereas yep. the Bible is working to actually bring the ambiguity in, in a sense, to make sure that people actually understand what the symbols are saying. Ah, so yeah, 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 there's, yeah. There's yeah, an opposite aim, I think, mm. in that. Um, so what is the aim of the, of the symbols then? This, this Bible, this book that's full of these things and we don't know, sometimes they're true stories, sometimes they may not be. Does it matter? Um, I don't know. Uh, the interesting thing about the symbols, and I guess this, especially in the Old Testament, this is the thing that, that I think is, is a really important thing that um, is probably more important than the symbols, mm. that the story of the Old Testament points to the need for a Messiah. Mm. It points to Jesus. Mm. And it uses symbols to point to him in so many different ways, but the symbols are very consistent in what, in what they're, they're doing. And the whole thing was written before Jesus appeared. Mm. And Jesus fulfilled the symbolism that mm. is in the Old Testament. So it's not like they had prior knowledge and massaged the Old Testament to fit what came. Mm. They predicted what came mm. and what came fulfilled their predictions. It's like all the mathematicians in the world at the blackboard writing out this massive long equation and then the answer walks in the door. Yeah. And it's like... Well, I'm not sure whether the, the mathematicians would be very happy about that. <laughs> but the and, and in fact, if you think about it, the, the Jewish people weren't particularly happy about that. No, either. no, exactly. Um, but I think it puts symbolism into perspective mm. in that 
although we can fret and worry over the little things about like you know, does it affect affect our faith yeah. uh, whether it's symbolic because it's a metaphor mm. or whether people have added symbolism into a true story to actually highlight certain the meaning meanings yeah. in it to help us grasp the importance of the story um, whether it makes it more or less factual mm. uh, fades into insignificance when you consider that it pointed us to a person who appeared, came, died and was resurrected. And what that means is written from the very beginning of Genesis mm. in every story. So the question then I guess becomes can I, can I just let myself understand what the symbol means rather than trying to make it true or false or something can i understand what the symbol is about rather than trying to find the scientific proof i think so because i think the symbolism points to somebody being there the whole time mm. and his name's jesus So, what do you reckon? We'd love to hear what your questions might be and what sort of answers you came up with. So you can email us, podcast at theoddfather.net or you can jump onto the web, theoddfather.net and check all the socials there and we'll talk to you then. Thanks for your time and keep asking those questions.